Big Sky, Big Potential. In association with Mills and Reeve, this is Eastern Promise. Achieving more together. Welcome to the Eastern Promise podcast, exploring the full potential of the East of England. Whether science, technology, energy or creativity, this region tops the league. Ooh, painful sporting metaphor, that's a yellow card. The contribution that professional sport makes to our region can't be measured solely on the pitch, track, court or crease. They're staunch in serving their communities, reaching out to the disadvantaged, those with a disability and older members of the community, getting them active and involved. Eastern Promise is kicking off, oh, sorry ref, this first in our occasional series at The Nest, Horsford home of Norwich City Community Sports Foundation. And finally, there's no more omnipresent part of the modern business environment than networking. And the network treat that's hard to beat is crowd sorcery. Norwich City takes the responsibility of helping the community quite seriously. Fans get frustrated by what goes on on the pitch. Um, it doesn't matter to us whether we're you know, winning promotion to the Premier League, playing in um, playoff finals, or you know, unfortunately going through this situation of relegation, which we have done a couple of times. Our principles remain the same. Helping people is still non-negotiable. According to social anchor theory, Within any community, there are institutions that serve to anchor social networks. If there's any way to define the professional sports clubs in our region and beyond, whether football, cricket or rugby, it's as powerful social networks. Those networks don't only exist on match days. Through their own charitable trusts and foundations, they reach out beyond their stadiums and fan bases, championing those often overlooked by society such as the elderly, those with a physical or learning disability, those of us struggling with our mental health and well-being, or those from deprived and disadvantaged backgrounds. So important is their contribution that Eastern Promise wanted to salute their work, and there's no better place to start than Norwich City Football Club and their official charity, the Norwich City Community Sports Foundation. Where else would you look for a canary or two than the nest? The foundation's very impressive base, just north of Norwich, where I met foundation chief executive Ian Thornton, OBE. Ian Thornton, welcome to Eastern Promise and thank you for welcoming us to the nest. I oh, appreciate you coming and showing some interest in everything that we do and uh, I look forward to spending some time with you. Absolutely, our pleasure. So tell us, what are the uh, origins of the uh, Community Sports Foundation and, and, and how it also ties in with the Norwich City Football Club? So originally um, the foundation now is nearly just over 30 years old uh, and originally it was formed in partnership with the Professional Football Association. Mm -hmm. So it was linked to Norfolk County FA, it was linked to Norwich City Football Club and the principle was when ex-players came out of the game they had something to do. Um, traditionally they'd go and run a pub or they'd go and be a landlord 
somewhere or they go and be um, work on a building site. That was the principle and there's like lots of the guys were coming out of the game and had nothing to do from a work point of view. And some wise person come up and said, well they know football, they play football, why don't we get them to coach? Why don't we get them to you know, go and take the football club into schools and take football club into the community and, and be role models uh, and keep them in employment? So that's where the principle started some you know, 30, 35 years ago. Uh, and the County FA and Norwich City Football Club were very practice and they appointed two officers at the time uh, and we were delivering things like ground tours, birthday parties, soccer schools, uh, advanced coaching programmes and then it kind of grew from there and it was like football clubs started to take real responsibility in the community so like, it wasn't just what happened on the pitch on a Saturday afternoon, it, what happened yeah. off the pitch for the other following two weeks of how do we go and use the power of football, the power of the badge, the power of sport to work with children with disabilities or work with people with mental health or work with those with disadvantage to kind of be really inclusive. Yeah. So it started 30 years ago um, and it's just using the power of the badge, the power of the football club to get people employed uh, yeah. and engaged to uh, make a difference to their lives. I mean, it's, it seems strange to look at it now and, and, and you know, the, the way you describe about 30 years ago and how there were those sort of seemed seem to be very limited options for former players because you know time is the great enemy of us all but um and, and now it seems strange doesn't it that you look at something like a, a, a former football player who's got that sort of in-depth tight-knit team experience and think well you're just going to be a landlord and, and something like this seems so much common sense so can you sort of talk us through the model today? Because anyone who visits the, uh, the Community Sports Foundation website will be just blown away with what you're doing. There's so many fantastic, in, uh, encouraging stories on there. Yeah, the, the model now is, is around, uh, still exactly the same, using the principle of, of the badge, the principle of the power of sport. But actually, how can you really benefit community um, from a strategic point of view, um, from an operational point? How can you help people with their self-esteem? How can you help people with their confidence? How can you get people to gain new skills and qualifications? And, and, and the principle was, was about getting next players back into employment now coaching youth leadership um, event management are real serious career opportunities yeah. for young people to get into so the foundation uh, over a period of time just had a principle to go and help people and the more people we helped the more staff that we needed and then we kind of looked at our model and our model wasn't kind of um, helping us as a, as a business so we become a registered charity in 2001 uh, and obviously there's benefits of being a registered charity in terms of applying for additional funds, which means we yeah. can help more people. Yeah. Um, but the principle is really, really quite simple. The more people we can help, the more people we can reach, um, is, is what's really important to us. Our mission is to kind of make sure that we inspire and support our community as best we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, we have limited resources, like every charity does. Yes, of course. So from a business point of view, we have to be fairly strategic and create different kind of opportunities for funding. Our main motivation is impact. We love having impact on people's lives. Yeah. But you can only do that with income. In some cases, so we have some wonderful volunteers. We have some unbelievable fundraising campaigns. So things like Run Norwich is, an, is a, a project that we mm. run. Uh, that's probably raised uh, just over a million pounds for Norfolk charities. Uh, and we're one of the only charities that give up our biggest fundraising event to help other charities as well. So I've got an unbelievable group of staff that love representing Norwich City Football Club, love helping people. Um, and with the limited resources we have, we do as best we possibly can. From a business point of view, we started looking at things like our facilities in Norfolk, uh, and over a period of time, county councils and borough councils and power councils didn't have the funds to go and invest in their facilities, yeah. um, which is totally understandable. Um, and whilst we've, uh, our Norfolk County Council have been brilliant with us, really, really supportive, um, 
we had to go and create our own facilities because yeah. the youth of tomorrow deserve better facilities. We want the children in our um, disability programs to have the same facilities as our first team professional players have. Our women's team train up here. But from a business point of view, the, the Nest is set up as a trading subsidiary. Like many charities have charity shops. The idea of the charity shops is they make money, then they can go back to the charity and the charity can go and help in the community. So we set this up as a trading subsidiary. One, to deliver all our activities and see more people. But two, if it makes any money, any money here goes back into helping someone, whether it be buying a cup of tea, hiring a pitch, booking a room. Everything yeah. is aimed at going straight back into the community to help Fantastic people. Um, and up here at the Nest, it's just um, it's quite inspiring. I, I don't come here and think it's work. I come here and think I'm really lucky, whether it's a mental health programme that someone's taken part in or whether it be a dementia programme through Duncan's Club. Um, I'm just... Um, I've been here 30 years I started on work experience um, and I'm still here 30 years later and I'm still motivated now as much as I was when I was a work experience student that, that's fantastic and to, to have these kind of facilities um, you know it's it's glorious it's, I, can't, I can't think of a, a superlative uh, uh, great enough but t- tell us how you, 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 you sort of interact with the actual club itself the, the main not the main but the, the, the football club itself um, because you, I, I don't, you don't help help us understand kind of the, the tie-ins, such as the, the read across. Such as yeah, it is. so we're North City's official charity. Yeah. Um, we work very closely with the club, um, as a technical word, as our partner club, so to speak. Nine times out of ten, we'll try and offer it as a community department. So we'll inter, have interrelationships with different members of the football club staff, because their principle is how do we work with our players. So, for example, we'll, we'll link with the training ground and the professional department regarding how do we bring children to the training ground who have got life-limiting illnesses or injuries where we'll work with the football department to uh, bring young people up to the training ground to be inspired to meet the players um, and at times our football players will donate to our activities oh, wow. so, so they will pay for uh, different activities to be supported so for example during Covid um, the players um, the executive team the manager gave us £200,000 wow. during Covid um, at a time when um, the then health secretary was questioning Premier League footballers. Um, our guys already put their hand in their pocket and said, look, we want to go and help in the community. Absolutely. And we, we were able to go and fund food boxes, help with PPE drops, uh, educational equipment. Um, you know, And our staff rolled their sleeves up as they normally do. Uh, and we were able to go and help. So that's how we worked with the football club at that time. And they used us as the vehicle to go and help in the community because they didn't have the department resources to do that. So you know, we are so proud to represent the football club in so many factors. But from a, a governance and a legal structure point of view, it's important that we have um, charitable status. We report yeah. to the Charity Commission. We have a set group of trustees that are kind of completely independent mm. from the football club. Um, and that helps us to not only sustain what we do, um, but helps us to be better and more efficient because we can draw on expertise from other areas. Yeah. So it's not just a football club organisation. It's actually we've got some real good independent trustees. So, for example, Jake Humphrey. Do you know what I was going to say? The little known Jake Humphrey. Yeah. So Jake's he a good old Norfolk boy. Yes. Yeah, so, so Jake's, you know, Jake's our chair, but he's also been a, a trustee for nearly uh, seven, eight years now. Um, unbelievably passionate about Norfolk, um, represents us as best he possibly can in a number of different global situations. But I've got some good, you know, trustees, people like Jeannie Barham, Gavin Drake, Mark Kerr, um, that are independent trustees that give us a skill set and knowledge to make this organisation better. Yeah. But we still work very closely with the executive director, which is Zoe Weber, and Tom Smith, who's a director of the, on, on the board of the football club, and our safeguarding lead. And that's where we link together, whether it be some governance things, whether it be safeguarding, whether it be data protection. So we just want to make sure that we're representing the football club and the foundation as best we possibly can, whilst respecting the governance procedures that we have to go through. Well, I think what, one of the reasons I knew I was on the right lines in getting in touch 
was I was at a, a completely non-sport related. It was a musical uh, event on Saturday morning with my little one, and there were two twins, two twins, a, a set of twins, some twins there as well enjoying the event. But they were wearing bright green yep. Community Sports Foundation canary badge mm. uh, tops, yep. which I thought. Absolutely. And if you look through the photos, and you've got some personal stories on, on the Community Sports Foundation website, uh, which I will uh, mention sort of in, the, in, the, in, the, in the closing bit of the narration. But, um, and all you get, all you see from those pictures where the kids are out there is joy. And you've got there's the, the team, the cerebral palsy team, or, or the, uh, I don't know how, how best to describe them, but uh, got through, got the, they, they, they won, didn't they? They won the national, the national finals. Yeah, they've gone through to the national finals, and they're a group of um, young people led by Darren Hunter, who's a disability officer. We kind of don't like using the word disability. No, it's, um, it's, a, it's a... But it's very common in terms of we talk to the parents, and they go, well, they have got a disability, but we look at them, whether it be our power wheelchair team, it's sponsored by a local company called uh, Bateman's Groundworks, so we have a Down syndrome group on a, on a Saturday morning. Yes. But they're happy to be called the DS group. So we ask them, what do you want to be called? And then you watch some of our um, participants have got learning challenges as well. And you can look at them and go, that's not a disability. Your ability to deal with the sport that you're playing with, the potential disability you've got is unbelievable. Indeed. Um, so yes. for us, it's pretty much about what their ability is that is what counts. Um, and our cerebral palsy team, great group of um, characters, um, have done particularly well from a competitive point of view. But if you look at... Uh, like-minded children so we have a mini kickers disability session uh, down syndrome on a Saturday morning here parents will come together and make friends parents will, will see that someone else has got the same kind of challenges in terms that of their is, environment I, yeah, that is so, so whilst important. you perhaps look at a young person playing sport and playing football out here parents are making friends with each other um, to share good practice good challenges and they're helping each other out but the other thing is if we look at within our kind of framework of our disability projects and our pathways there's so many opportunities to represent Norwich City Football Club. There's so many opportunities to represent England uh, or yeah. other countries, depending on where they're, where they're born. Um, and just because you think you've got a disability, it's not a future for you. There's so many talented young individuals um, that, one, have a load of fun, two, have a lot of purpose in their life. That comes across really yeah. clearly. And, and for us, it's really important to be inclusive. Um, within a football club, we've got a saying that there's a home for everyone. Whether you're um, a three-year-old putting a shirt on out here for our mini-kickers or whether you're in a walking football session, you're 58 years of age, or in our extra time session, or whether you're in our advanced session, putting on the shirt of Norwich City is an unbelievable buzz. It, you know, yeah. it, it increases people's self-esteem. It makes them feel a part of their club. Um, and hopefully, you know, when you walk around the city and you see people wearing shirts or the Community Sports Foundation kit, we want them to feel a part of us. Yes. Um, because look, look, technically they are the future. Um, but they're really important to us now because we want to inspire them, we want to infuse them, and our job is to provide environments that inspire and support. And you know, when you see them walking down the street or in the shops, we get motivated now yeah. uh, as much as we see them when you see a first-team player playing at Carrow. It's the same feeling. You just want people to be a part of it. And it's, it's incredibly rich offer you have because it's not... There was a, a sort of skills session recently, am I right? Uh, in the, I, I, just, I saw the son of one of my neighbours, actually, in the photos. But, uh, you know, being sort of sitting and listening to the sort of the... the, the a, a talk on, on skills. You've, you've got all these various teams through, through to the very oldest city yeah. fan, through to the very youngest. Yeah. And what gives you those, those ideas? Is it, you know, is it, is it, is it demand from the, the, the supporters? Is it what gives you those ideas? We need to do this for, for this community and bring um, them into our community. It's um, it's probably the same answer all the time. We're just motivated to represent the football club. Uh, we have an owner, uh, ship modelling Delia Smith and Michael Wynne-Jones, uh, and we have a new shareholder in, in, in Antanasios from uh, Milwaukee Brewers. 
they believe in community they believe in the power of the support to make a difference in the community so it starts at the very top um, but for us point of view I'm really lucky I've got a great group of staff that are very creative um, can see how we can work with young people can see how we can work with the older generation um, and they get extremely passionate about you know a child's health improving you know, someone's confidence improving, someone gaining a new skill or qualification. There's so many different uh, outcomes you can get, whether it be a young player to become a professional or actually someone actually getting out of the car, feeling comfortable to play um, walking football with another group of people and sharing their problem with an expert. That might have helped their mental health. So there's so many different ways of success. Um, but for us, I think we just ultimately love representing the football club and we love making a difference. Um, and if that inspires and supports someone, we go home and go, brilliant, um, our challenge is we always look home and go, that's really good, but what could we do next? Exactly, yeah. um, That That's probably why we've got to a situation where we're probably in the top five club community organisations in the country. I've got an unbelievable group of people, whether it be volunteers, fundraisers or staff, past and present, that have all just taken so much responsibility and their skill set has helped make a difference. This is our 3G AstroTurf surface. This is our Norfolk Higher uh, Nest Stadium pitch. So this gets used pretty much 50 to 60 hours a week. So right. on Saturday morning you'll have mini kickers, so children of 3, 4 and 5. Um, we'll have our uh, DS football squad, uh, which are a crazy bunch of people that <laughs> train on a Saturday morning. Um, they, they, lots of parents drop their kids off to come have some coaching. They come back and watch this group that train on yeah. this area here. Um, and then we have a number of our girls' programmes up here as well. And this is home on a Sunday afternoon for Norwich City women. Right. So this is a 100-seater stadium, uh, three sides. Uh, and then this afternoon, you can see the staff setting up for our football education programme. Yes. So we have 150 students, which technically is our sixth form college. So we, right. partner, we partner with Wensum Trust. Um, unbelievable organisation, some great leaders and great teachers involved with them. And we have a number of students that come and take part in our activities that do a BTEC Level 3 at the stadium. So we have classrooms at the stadium. Yeah. Um, we have classrooms at, at the school. Uh, at Wensum Trust um, where the staff support there and then they come here and do their football uh, development oh, work wow. so in, in the cafe at the moment you can see ex-players Simon Lappin from yep. Spain this is Ryan Jarvis hello Ryan so Ryan's out preparing his session this afternoon yep. and then the guys will take, um, take the, the students for a game uh, for a session this afternoon who have you got today Ryan? Tottenham Hotspur Tottenham Hotspur Very so game. so they'll be playing the Tottenham Hotspur yeah. Foundation this afternoon All Right. good good luck <laughs> so Ryan, no, Ryan's a former player, um, very talented player in his youth. Uh, a lot of um, big clubs are after him. He went through the game, probably played about 400 professional appearances as a Norwich boy. You know, yeah. people tend to come home, yes. or if they tend to move here, they tend to stay. Mm -hmm. So Ryan is a very talented coach, great knowledge, um, and he wants to stay involved with the football club. So off the back of that, he's got employment, yeah. um, and his employment is to work with a group of young players, with Simon Lappin, uh, Adam Drury, former player. Uh, club captain lifted the trophy at um, the City Hall. They're the group of leaders that are taking these young people. Um, Fantastic. And I personally think they're unbelievably lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to. You're right, and, and, and that's one of the wonderful things about Norfolk and the east of England is that people come home. People, you know, you see it if you look at the, the statistics, even with graduates, they eventually come back. And more, more so here than anywhere else in, in the country. I'm struck actually by all the, all the big, uh, the, the the sponsors as well. There's huge, like the huge as Nuffy, Nuffield Health, Tarmac, uh, Green Farm Coffee, 
you know, to, to get that level of support, that, that must be really, really encouraging. Yeah, we don't profess to be the experts at everything. Um, what we profess to be uh, very good at is engaging with people. Um, and if we can get people that have got other skill sets that can help us, um, we will work with them. In this context, partners are just unbelievably helpful to us. So our partners will, only, will also contribute financially, but many of them will take part in fundraising activities, yeah. or many of them will take part in um, support um, projects where they'll go and support a particular project. So, for example, Bateman Groundwork support our power wheelchair football team. Yes. Yeah, uh, Pim & Co were involved with our soccer schools. Um, PJ Spillins were involved with our Challenge Woods, which you talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, and companies like Gasway and Coda Agency, they all support, not just from a financial point of view, but they offer a skill base as well. They want to get involved with the foundation in some particular way that involves their employees, which again is a good piece of engagement work. But in the main, um, without partnership support, um, many things don't happen. Like, for example, being at the Nest, the Football Foundation. Um, yeah. Unbelievable, you know, the level of funding they're putting into this. Yeah. Um, Norfolk County Council put some money in, in as well. Uh, and together with the football club, the football clubs, you know, could, could contribute significantly to this um, because they believe in community. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's, it's, it's really clearly at the, heart, at the heart of everything you're doing here. But, uh, and this is a fantastic pitch. I mean, as someone who's, uh, who's hated sport, but it, it, is, it is, I can tell it's a, it's, it's a fantastic facility. Plus, you don't need to mow it, which is even better. But. What next? What, what else can we... So, we'll go, we'll, so we'll if you look around, around the grass pitches at the moment, so we've got some seven-a-side pitches now, so we've got some different funding agencies working uh, with our staff, with a couple of young people. Yeah. Um, grass pitches are at a stage of the year where um, they're going to be looked after and retreated, um, mm-hmm. and then hopefully we're in development, we're going to look at building another full-size 3G pitch um, wow. on the left-hand side, um, which again allows us to um, see more young people. Um, so that, that's that's a plan. Um, hopefully by September, October, if we get through the, the, the funding applications, we should have another three three G pitch here, uh, and then we've also got the main uh, the main Joma pitch on the far side and grass pitches. And these pitches are open for the local community, as much as yeah. they are to all our projects and programs. Yeah. And, and to the right hand side here, we have aspirations to build some sports halls and build a proper youth hub. Oh, that's amazing. So that that's our. Um, that's our new vision, should I say. So well, this, this was our vision 20 years ago to have something like this. Now we've achieved probably 60% of it. Well, you keep moving. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And uh, I hope people listening to this, um, how could they get involved if, they, if, if there are people listening to this who want to contribute to that? Uh, probably the same thing is just have a look on our website, which is yeah. communitysportsfoundation.org.uk. Um, have a little bit of time to kind of um, move around the website. Um, we have lots of opportunities. We don't profess to help, be able to help everybody because we don't got, we've not got no, our own skills not, and we no. perhaps haven't got them resources. But you know, from a young person um, that wants to be active, or wants to be involved, or someone who's a parent of someone that perhaps you know has got some social isolation issues or they struggle with their mental health, but they know they love football and they want to be involved. Um, it's sometimes it's a it's a, a daughter that recommends a dad. To, yeah. come, to come along to be involved. Really? His dad might not look on Facebook, um, and it'll be a, you know a son that brings his mum to um, Duncan's club or to be involved with the running club that we have up here as well. So I'd encourage people just to have a little look round um, who want to get people active, who want to build people's confidence, that want to be involved with their football club more than just on a match Brilliant. day. Um, and there's lots of opportunities. I mean, I love the fact the ambition keeps coming. Uh, and, and there's always, you know, as you say, the ambition to do more for the community. We've got this, it's brilliant, but you, you're not resting on your laurels. You're saying, what can we do now? Where can we go next? And that's, that's, um, that really is, is creditable. I, I appreciate that, and um, that's not something I can take the credit for. I've got um, an unbelievable kind of group of senior leaders in uh, Gavin Coe, Stevie Bramble, uh, my wife, Jackie Thornton, is an unbelievable... Um, yes, skilled person. Absolutely. She's responsible 
predominantly for most of this um, activity at the nest. And between the kind of four of us, um, we kind of drive each other, each other on. Yeah. To, to try and think, what can we do next? We're now just going to get um, drowned over by a helicopter. Over by a helicopter just coming over the nest. So it's, it's location next to the Norwich Airport. Yes. It benefits. <laughs> This is our Challenge Woods. It's um, fantastic. It's, it's this was a, a concept that Jackie came up with um, in 2019. This was a kind of a wooded area. Um, then one day she put a sign up that says Challenge Woods, and we didn't really know what she was thinking. Uh, we didn't really know why she put the sign up, because we didn't have any money to put anything out uh, and do that. She said, no, it would be really good that we've got a wooded play area that children could come and spend time together, other than just doing football. So this was funded by the Norfolk County Council. Yep. Um, and at the start of of the COVID lockdown, um, we had the plan signed off, um, but didn't have any funding. So we applied yeah. for some funding. Uh, I'm very grateful that through their infrastructure fund that they signed off the money. Brilliant. And then three months after COVID, when uh, some staff were allowed to come out and work, um, there was approval for the guys to come out and work. And these four guys turned up um, with loads of wood, all the plans, and we kind of left them to it. Um, <laughs> and this arose. And this is what they made. Um, the platforms, the slides, netting. There's a zip wire over there. There's lots of uh, picnic benches for families and for parents. Uh, gosh, it goes quite high over there. Yeah, it's quite impressive, really, in terms of whether it be the climbing wall, the zip wire, the slides, uh, and the kind of social areas. The other thing to remember is it's, it's easy car parking. Yeah, it is. Access off the border way. And then, obviously, you look at the clean toilets, uh, and every parent loves a good cup of coffee. Yes. Um, so them three things are attractive as well. Um, but what we did find was... Um, coming out of covid which is a time that none of us really knew what was going on um we were doing separate kind of bookings where small numbers could come and play could come and meet to get their fresh air and go to certain areas all within the guidance and the rules that was allowed and it was quite emotional that you were seeing nans and granddads be you know see their grandchildren for the first time in four or five months oh gosh yeah. um and during that in 2020 we saw 13,000 people on the challenge woods uh, you wow. know meeting because they haven't been out for a while and we want to be a football club that's more than just football this is our clubhouse. Yeah. So formerly, um, when we purchased the site in 2017, 2018, this was Anglin Window Sports and Social Club. Right. Um, we used to do lots of activities at Norwich Union's Pine Banks. Um, yes. And then we walked off Pine Banks one day, myself and my wife at the, t- um, at the time, we just said, look, we've got to have one of these facilities. Children deserve it. We need it. Mm-hmm. So we spent, you know, about 15 years saving money up through the foundation to try and be able to buy a piece of land. And we yeah. walked over so many sites, it was unbelievable. And one day we walked into this site at Anglin Windows Sports and Social Club and the clubhouse was here. Um, the Vitamax video, the VHS video were all still behind the bar with the, yeah. with the, the, the Toby Jugs and the Hamlet cigars. <laughs> and nothing else was here, so the new building that you see in terms of the hub, that wasn't here, there was yeah. a bowls club here. And pretty much the site was dilapidated and shut for like four or five years, mm. um, with the grass was really high. And we thought, hold on a minute, location is brilliant. Um, the clubhouse is brilliant, we've got the potential here to do what we kind of had the vision to do. Uh, and we managed to get a, an agreement in place um, to, to purchase the site. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is history, really. The vision started taking place, and arguably it's like a massive game of Jenga. We just keep trying to build things where we possibly can. Absolutely. Because the more we keep asking people to say, can you help, they say, well, can we do this and can we do that? And we all say, yeah, but we need the space to do that. So, yeah. You okay? So the, the, the theme from the nest is, is, is really sort of present here as well. We've got the, the wood, the very bright yellow signs, 
uh, the grey, uh, very lovely. And you've got this sort of the, the support, build the nest supporters wall. Uh, yes. And uh, it's, what is it, 20? Not quite, no more than that. 24 com uh, companies um, listed there, Chaplin Farrant, we know. Uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah, really so great. Very much what you said earlier, without partnership support, these things yeah. don't happen. Absolutely. So the, the idea of the clubhouse was um, how do we create a warm feeling where people feel comfortable? Um, the name of the nest came from kind of a tip of the hat to the past. Mm -hmm. The nest being the former home of the football club. Yeah. So that's where they used to play their games years ago until it wasn't kind of fit for purpose anymore. But when you look at the word nest, what does it actually mean? Well, it means nurture, yeah, it means grow, course. it yeah. means develop. It's a great name, yeah. And, we, and the two kind of connotations work for us. It was like this completely tip of the hat of respect for the football club. But actually, what do we want to do? We want to protect people, we want to grow them, we want to develop them. Um, and we want to help them if we possibly can. And that's, yeah. what, and that's what a nest does. Yeah. So the full name is the nest, Norfolk's Community Hub, because we want it to be Norfolk's Community Hub. Absolutely. Uh, we, want, you know, we want people to come together. We'll kind of look at Duncan's Club. Yes, yeah, you it. mentioned Duncan's club earlier, yeah. Thank you very much. So this is our uh, engaged space. Um, yep, says that on the wall in big letters. We've got all the, uh, the TVs up which says welcome to Duncan's club. Also Duncan is a former player of the football club. Yep. An iconic legend. Uh, six foot two, eyes are blue. Yeah. Duncan is going to get you. Um, if you wanted to remember Duncan, not for his... Um, Unfortunately, passing away because of dementia. But we wanted to remember him for his leadership skills. Yeah. We wanted to remember for his character. We wanted to remember for his personality. And Duncan's club is everything that Duncan stood for as a human being. That he was fun. Absolutely. Um, he was um, a joyous person to be around. He wanted people to have a good time and be supported. And, and to be fair to the volunteers and the staff, they create an atmosphere here that is very comfortable. You can hear it. Dementia. You can hear it. You can hear the buzz, the liveliness, the fun, uh, the fact that people are having a great time in each other's company. Uh, at Duncan's Club. What a wonderful thing. Yeah, so we've got some of the guys today from Pink and Pickers. So they're one of the fundraising groups through the, uh, the Pink and Message Forum. They do a lot of fundraising competitions. They'll come and have a chat to the uh, participants today. And some of them will come with, with dementia at different levels of, um, at different stages of dementia. But some will have carers with them as well. Yeah. Some of the carers may stop. You go and have a cup of tea in the cafe and give them a breather for the respite care that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, some will stay. And what they'll do is they'll reminisce. So that if on their table yeah. they'll, they'll reminisce about a story of the past, whether it be a game, whether it be a shirt, uh, whether it be an occasion. Yeah. And, and the guys that lead this are unbelievably talented. Uh, and it looks like today's... Oh, wow. Today's theme is talking about TV westerns and Bonanza. Yes. <laughs> so it's not just all about sport, it's about things that they may remember. Yes. Uh, to spark conversation, to put a smile on their face. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the, this is not the first time we've come across something like this. The history of, uh, of Advertising Trust, which is out on the Waveney Valley, uh, they... Um, they have a, 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 an initiative, an app, to, to use it, you know, advertising of the past, not unlike what you just showed me, to, to, to make that, to, you know, help people make those connections and talk about the past and, and, and spark memories. Thank you. And uh, it's wonderful to see so many organisations in, in Norfolk and, and, and the east of England get involved in that. But you talked about earlier about um, music and uh, you've been involved with music with your daughter. So music within Duncan's Club is very powerful. Yeah, as we could hear. We um, um, so the they, will, um, that they will sing old songs. Yeah. And probably one of the most motivational moments we've had as a group of staff recently is um, one of the guys was um, singing in, in, in there, I think it was a Sweet Caroline or a good old yeah. On the Ball City song. Um, and his, his wife had been over to the cafe in the hub just to have a, a breather and walked back with a member of staff to say... Why is my husband singing? <laughs> uh, and we'd, the, the answer was quite simple: it was because 
and that's what they were doing. Yeah. She said, no, why, why is my husband singing? And this, the answer was quite simple, this yeah. is what they're doing. Yeah. And she went, no, you, you missed my point, he hasn't spoke for two years. <laughs> why is he and singing? And well, amazing. Um, so this is our, um, our allotment area. It is, it's very... Um, it's... You may see Alex, Alex is obviously on the far side. Yeah. So Alex is part of our DS programme. Yeah. Um, takes part on a Saturday morning. He might give us a thumbs up. He yeah. does. Um, so his father comes in and helps as well, and he has a carer. Um, and we've kind of worked together with them to say, look, do you want to create an area that they can practice and learn some skills in terms of an allotment? So they grow the, some, um, some vegetables, and then vegetables, believe it or not, go into the, the kitchens and the staff. Actually, I knew you. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. But that's, that's amazing, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautifully kept allotment, I have to say. Yeah, I must say they are talented, and they, they love it. Um, Alex's dad is outstanding. Alex learns new skills. He gets to meet new people as well. Um, they're just putting a pond in at the moment. But what I, what I really love is you've not gone, let's help, you know, oh, we can't do that. You've not even gone, let's help you find someone who can do that for you. You've gone, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it here and let's get it done. And, and, and you have, and you've, you know, walked the walk, walk and talked talk the talk and walked the walk, which is, which is, you know... I don't want to say a rare thing in our day and age, but it's certainly a, remark a remarkable thing that you've, you, you keep looking for new ways to support the people that you've, you've, you've sort of set out, you, you, uh, uh, support the community. And yeah, I don't know if we're, um, I don't know if we're daft um, no. or, or over-motivated with it, but <laughs> someone uh, similar to yourself kind of interviewed us like five or six years ago and went, you could really just sit back and just continue to do the norm like everyone else is doing and you'd be fine having but an easy life. No, that wouldn't... I can tell that isn't you, and that isn't the team here. It's that constant mo motivation to, okay, we're doing this, but we want to do more. I mean, that's why I didn't stop. I, I was doing a podcast. I could have carried on doing the podcast, but want to take it further. So I, I really recognise and relate relate to what you're saying that you you you, just, you want to do the right thing by your community, and you know, extend your definition almost of what that community is, which is which is which is which is wonderful. It's really energizing uh, to, co to come here and sort of experience that and you're, you're very, very if I may say so very softly spoken and very modest about that contribution but it's but it's massive and it's something that, that I think the county and the region uh, Norfolk and, and the wider region can, can all be so proud of that you, you're, you're really kind of leaders in the field in this kind of community engagement no no I really appreciate that and uh, I'm unbelievably lucky from a, mm. a trustee point of view, from a nest director's point of view, from a group of staff and volunteers and fundraisers, that I'm just one small cog in this. And you, you kind of mentioned at the start that the kind of three letters of OBE, which is something I'm actually really uncomfortable about. Do you know what? I had a feeling you'd, I, I, that's why I haven't, I haven't brought it up, because I thought, do you know what? I bet he didn't, he, he, he sort of felt like, this is really for you, you guys. And that you, 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 you would have felt that sense of discom un, uh, un discomfort in being kind of singled out in that way. Yeah, it's something I didn't like. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was, I was honoured to meet the King uh, at the time of the coronation, uh, being around, you know, receiving communications through the Queen regarding the Jubilee. But this is, I've accepted this award on behalf of the Foundation. Yes. And if we were to measure success, whether it be a certificate or a medal or a cup or a trophy of any kind of sporting uh, achievement, Kind of the OBE title is for everybody. Yeah. We've all contributed so much. It's past staff, present staff. You know, so many people have helped us get to this point. Partners we talked about earlier, um, and I'm just the unfortunate guy that's got a little bit of attention because of it. Um, but when I spoke to, you know, without name dropping as such, when I spoke to the King, he asked about Norwich City, 
yeah. I was, I was amazed he said the word Norwich City. That kind of struck me to start with. Um, and my, well, my words were quite simple. I'm here to represent the foundation, the football club, um, for all that we do in the community. I wasn't there for myself. No, of course. I, I was there to represent us. And if, if there's a measure to, to work out, have you got any acknowledgement of what you've done over them 30 years as a whole group of people, I've taken it as that measure. Mm. I think your, 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 your leadership and the leadership of your team is so crucial in that. And that might not be any, anything necessarily you're comfortable recognising, but it, it is obvious. But you, you know, the leadership you've shown in stopping and talking to the, the, the members of your team rather than saying I'm just doing an interview, I have to press on, is is is, is really encouraging and amazing, and it's it's lovely to see. And here we are. Oh, I feel like I'm. Uh, this is this the stones in the floor that are all sort of marked with the nests. Uh, logo. Yeah, um, these, these are all the people that um, significantly supported us in a number of different ways, whether it be the New Anglia LEP, whether it be the Greater Norwich Growth Board, you know, two organisations that have a significant impact strategically in, into Norfolk. Yeah. They saw the vision, they understood it, um, and they invested in it from a financial Quite right point too. of view. Absolutely. Um, and in turn, uh, you know, we're able to help lots of people because people like that have actually seen seen the benefit. A lot of them are members of staff. Yeah, um, the Lapin family. They have well. gone out of their way um, to help us. Some have been organisations that have actually contributed their time um, because of the skill set they've got, whether it be electrical company, mm -hmm. someone like Orange Fox who help us, um, or just individuals and uh, family members. The football club uh, obviously supported, there was where we've got a fan social club in terms of forces, the Canaries, former player in uh, John Ruddy and his family, mm. um, sponsored a number of different rooms, so ex-players like Russell Martin, Wes Houlihan and current players like Angus Gunn who ran our programmes have all contributed um, to the foundation different way but look this is a massive massive team effort um, yeah. and my role is uh, and Jackie's role and Gavin's role and Stevie's role is to pull people together um, and with more people we can get more done the nice thing is we're still going you, yeah absolutely I can feel like there's always, you always feel like there's more to do um, uh, Evolve Electrical I think they did our uh, they did our solar panels. Yeah, so some of, these um, are, some of our trustees here, so you can see. Um, so Jake Humphrey's here. Paul Knowles has been instrumental. Paul's yes, here. I saw him on the, on the list. Yeah, so Paul's been, uh, his company is involved with building partnerships in Norwich, but as a chairman for nine years. Yeah. You now his son was involved with the programme. Yes. At the age of seven. Um, a number of years after that, we, we lost um, William to leukaemia. Oh. But um, Paul wanted to stay involved with the programme. Yeah. And Paul has a skill set in property development and land development. He has Very a son useful, that yeah. benefited from the foundation's activities. And he just said, Ian, I want to give back. How can I stay involved? So mm. that's where you look at your trustee base and skills that you haven't got and get people around you that have got them kind of skills. So yeah. Paul's been, been critical in what he's done. Uh, and you look at people like Avant uh, that have helped us, uh, a Finnish-based company based in East Anglia that bring a an unbelievable piece of kit across to help us um, manage the pitches. And you've got wow. ex-players like Wes Houlihan, Geoffrey Watlin's trust. You know, Geoffrey Watlin was a saviour of the football club many years ago. Yes. And his charity has donated money. And then you can see people like Brian Gunn, Delia Smith, yes. Michael Wynne Jones, Etty Smith, who is Delia's mum. She's got a major kind of passion for young players at the football club and sponsors the Young Player of the Year. But there's lots of people on here that have um, Norfolk Hire, uh, yeah. Burnley Sunley Foundation. So many names. So many people have helped yeah. out. But these people get it. Of course. And when we talked about earlier the power of sport, the power of football, we have to look at it from a youth point of view. Is This is just a kind of a hook to engage people. And if they come away from here with a skill, a qualification, a new friend, an improvement of self-esteem, um, a link to another project to kind of benefit society, then great. Um, we've just completed our social return on investment um, piece of work. And our value to Norfolk was around about £14 million in terms of social return on investment, in terms of saving on NHS or saving to yeah. other resources. So 
that's something that we're really proud of. Um, but again, it's, it's all about it's driven on lucky to be involved. We're, we're lucky to represent the football club. We're lucky to represent the foundation, and that's all it is. There's nothing special. <laughs> just lucky. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, certainly, some when you see the Tottenham Hotspur and uh, playing the, uh, the the Canaries out the, out the back, but. Ian Thornton, thank you so much for your time. What an incredible place. What an incredible team. And, you know, you do so many fantastic things for the community, for Norfolk, for Norwich. All we can say is thank you and how terribly proud we are of you and you guys and all you do. No, thank you for showing interest in us. And hopefully if anyone's listening, they want to get involved or they want to help or want to be a part of it, just have a little Google, reach out. Uh, I hope they pick up the podcast and they listen to it even further. But look, please stay involved. If you want anything else from us, then it's not a problem. My huge thanks to Ian and all the family at The Nest. The lengths that the foundation is going to, to serve its community, are very impressive indeed. As a parent of an SEND child, the sight of other kids wearing the Norwich City Community Sports Foundation t-shirts and tracksuit tops around the city is both relatively common and heartwarming. Next month, we'll be dropping in on the Cambridge United Foundation and talking to foundation head Vicky Neal. That was a real treat to visit and record, so stay tuned for that one. And now... If you like to feel a tingle as you mingle, then here's your chance to share your favourite networking events on this week's... Crowd Sorcery. Yes, Crowd Sorcery. Love it or loathe it, there's no denying that networking plays a huge part in modern business culture. And I asked you to tell me about your can't-miss or desperate-to-try networking events. Me? Well... I still really want to try one of Paula Beckenstein's Connexon events in Cambridge. And any Cambridge and or Cambridge Tech Week events are a must. I do love dropping in on the epicentre at Haverhill Research Park. Closer to home, I'm still keen to see what one of Steve Bjork's Last Friday socials is like. And then there's the perennial fave, the Norwich Construction Industry drinks on the first Friday of the month. But what about you? Well... Grab yourself a tea or coffee and a complimentary packet of Jammy Dodgers as Amy Bramble, Community Fundraising and Marketing Manager at the Priscilla Bacon Hospice, is happy to be first to the table. Says Amy, I have absolutely loved BNI City of Norwich chapter, which I'm sadly leaving this week. Mike, I know you'd be welcome if you fancy a 6.30am start on a Friday. Hmm... Amy continues, we also have our 500 Club event at the new Priscilla Bacon Hospice on Wednesday the 27th from 5.30. It's only for Priscilla Bacon 500 Club members, but you'll be welcome to join. And it's free! Visit priscillabaconhospice.org.uk forward slash the 500 club. And Amy continues even further, I'm looking forward, she says, to networking this evening at Norwich City Football Club. There's loads more, but I thought three might do for now. Meanwhile, look under convivial in any thesaurus and you get the following. Amiable, friendly, congenial, 
Kelly Boosie. Thanks for the shout out, Mike Rigby, says Kelly, commercial manager at Oxford Innovation Space. The next event at the Epicentre at Haverhill Research Park is next week, the 20th of September, with guest speaker Stuart Catchpole talking all things Space East. Ah, our very own Major Tom. Go to Eventbrite and search for Haverhill Business Networking to book on. Well, anytime, KB. Now, in my LinkedIn post, I described Nelson Spirit as a networking event. Not so, says Nigel Cushion, chair of Nelson Spirit, mentor and speaker. Thanks for the mention, Mike, says Nigel, a man whom Lord Nelson himself would these days undoubtedly have made chief stoker to the fleet at the very least. But Nigel continues, although we never call ourselves a networking group, that's done better by others. We offer leadership development through peer mentoring for leaders, CEOs. The 50-plus leaders from businesses, charities and the community meet monthly to inspire, support and encourage each other. P.S. I'm not sure I'm senior enough to be called Chief Stoker. More a shanty man. And those of you who want to hear a shanty from Nigel, email me immediately at mike at easternpromise.site. Dr. Catherine Gelbert-Thick next of Acuity Limited, who says, It's got to be Norfolk Constructing Excellence, as well as lots of other really good events across the region. Indeed, Norfolk Construction Sector are a warm and welcoming crew, something that Steve Bjork, CGI and animation professional at Eggbox Studios Limited and the host of Last Friday Social, has indeed recognised. He says... Thanks, Mike. I'm really proud of what Last Friday Social has become, but it wouldn't have existed without huge inspiration from the property drinks at Norfolk, Suffolk and Essex. It was the laid-back social aspect of the property drinks that really changed my mind on what networking could and should be. The Last Friday Social, held on the last Friday of the month, definitely on my personal to-do list, and I hope to make it along and see you there very soon. Dr Tammy Dugan, Life Sciences and Healthcare Partnerships Lead at the University of Cambridge, friend of the show to boot, says, I've been to a few Connects and Cambridge events run by the amazer Paula Beckenstein and co. Really enjoyable and an exciting connecting event. Paula responds, thank you, Tammy Dugan. Wait until you hear the 2024 plans. Paula goes on to ask a rhetorical question. Who is the finalist for the best networking group of the year by Cambridge Independent? Connexon is... Connexon is open to executives in life sciences, pharma and medical devices. They meet up every eight weeks in Cambridge City Centre. Join them to see what all the fuss is about. History Biker Extraordinary. Check out his YouTube channel, The History Biker, and friend of the show, Jack Weaver. Chief Operating Officer at Norfolk Chambers of Commerce is hard-pressed to pick just one, saying, Where do I start, Mike? Every event Norfolk Chambers of Commerce runs has business networking at its core. Whether it's their upcoming B2B exhibition in October, which is, by any measure, Norfolk's biggest and best, with 120-plus businesses exhibiting and nearly 1,000 attendees. The Chambers of Commerce's business hub at the Royal Norfolk Show, as featured on Eastern Promise itself, was a massive hit for networking. Any one of their business breakfasts and focus groups gives the opportunity for smaller-scale networking opportunities. And a further shameless pitch, says Jack, for the big breakfast next Tuesday the 19th. Great networking, speakers from the world of skills and digital connectivity, and a full English breakfast thrown in for good measure. 
What more could you want? Well, where do I sign, Jack? And there's plenty more in the Norfolk Chambers of Commerce event calendar as well. And me personally, I've already got them in mind for future Eastern Promise projects too. Well, that's enough to keep you all out of the house most nights, and mornings too, though not in that way. Oh, behave there at the back, and remember, one bacon roll per person! Thank you to all my crowd sorcerers, and if you decide to give one of the aforementioned events a go, tell them that Eastern Promise sent you. And that's all, folks, for episode 75 of the Eastern Promise podcast. Next week, I'll be bringing you an extra special Eastern Promise exclusive, because you've been so good this year. Two roundtables exploring the potential for a specific slice of the Cambridge Norwich Tech Corridor to provide a sustainable way to support growth in Cambridge to the benefit of all. I'll be joined by an exciting roster of guests and the potential to craft a win-win for our region is so palpable you'll be able to taste it, to smell it wafting from your phone, tablet or smart speaker. Alexa, ask Eastern Promise to crank up our region's potential to 11. Okay. It only remains for me to thank Ian Thornton OBE, Jackie Thornton Ambico and all the Norwich City Community Sports Foundation team for their warm welcome and the fascinating tour. Thank you to our sponsors, Mills and Reeve. Eastern Promise is really lucky to have Mills and Reeve as a partner and to have so much synergy with their motto, Achieve More Together. That is exactly what we're striving for here at Eastern Promise. Thank you too to Engineer 49, whose tireless pursuit of audio excellence keeps me on my toes. Uh, mainly because he's wired my headphones to deliver a small electric shock if the jokes get too corny. Yeah, talk about amping things up. <laughs> and lastly, thank you to you. I really do appreciate your time and I want to hear more about you. So go to easternpromise.org.uk, click on contact, fill out the form and I look forward to hearing from you. I'll be back next week. So until then... Bye for now. The Eastern Promise Podcast is a Priors Croft production for the Eastern Promise Community Interest Company and was brought to you in association with Mills and Reeve, achieving more together. You can contact Eastern Promise and find out more about what we do by visiting our website, easternpromise.org.uk. Eastern Promise is a Priors Croft production on behalf of the Eastern Promise East Anglia Community Interest Company.